0: Welcome to the episode 4 of the Trivon One Challenge. I'm your host, Dr. Handan Akil. The Thrive on Challenge is about helping international medical graduates rediscover their passion for medicine while working abroad, far away from their home countries. We do that by interviewing and having in-depth conversations with those who have been on this journey. Basically, the goal of this podcast is shedding light on the valuable experiences of these brave physicians, which might inspire many who have been in search for working or studying abroad as a medical professional. Just as a reminder, before we go into some details on today's episode, please click subscribe. If you click subscribe in whichever platform you are listening to via iTunes or Stitcher, that will be a huge help for us. Today's episode is a conversation that I have wanted to have for quite some time and goes deep on addressing and asking ourselves what it is we really want from practicing medicine abroad and um, how to take the steps towards achieving those goals. Today's guest is Dr. Ejanur She She's a physician working in the Department of Emergency Medicine at the Chelsea and Westminster NHS Trust, London. She graduated from medical school in 2018. She has done incredible work during those years. She got involved in many international and national projects and attended many conferences to present. As you are all aware, medical school is extremely busy, but Dr. Shinar used her training to embrace so many different aspects of this life. She has been enthusiastic about cooking, dancing, playing, table tennis, and volleyball. While getting to know her better, you will find the hints and tips to deal with the hurdles of the journey. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ejanur Shinar is with us. Ejanur, welcome to our podcast. Hi, but hi! Thank you so much for having me. So it's it's a great pleasure for me to host you today. Um, so I'm I'm very excited uh, for this exciting conversation. So, Ejnar, uh, you are a physician who is uh, passionate about practicing medicine and doing research at the same time. I know that you have also accomplished many things in different tastes of life. Uh, you literally exemplifies that a physician cannot be only described by his or her work. Uh, before we get into that, uh, can you take us through the early days of your training and uh, if those days were enjoyable to, to you?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so, um, first of all, maybe how I got into medical school. Within the Turkish system, I was eligible to get into any school I want. And so there, and I'm the first doctor in my family, first physician. Okay, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Everyone else is like in business. And I was able to get into law school, dentistry, medical school. And they were asking me like, what do I want to do? And I think in the end, what I taught when I was with myself, I, I just said, what do I want to do in the future? Who am I? I think these are the important questions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I decided, you know, helping people with the pure, naive intentions. I said, I, wanna, I want to do this. I want to help people. So I wanted to get into medical school, and that's how I started. Mm-hmm. But I was 17 when I did this decision. Mm-hmm. And of course, I still love, I love my job a lot, mm-hmm. uh, what I'm doing, even though it's very challenging. Um, and throughout medical school, it was completely different because I think my character was slightly different than other medical students. Mm -hmm. Everyone was so, you know, determined to studying. I, on the other hand, very sociable, doing too many other stuff at the medical school at the same time, which was slightly different than the others. Yeah, that's true. Um, And everyone else, the teachers, professors, they were, like, surprised to have such students um in the they used it, so too many projects too many things throughout the medical school and
0: yeah now here I am in the UK um working mm-hmm. in a and yeah, yeah yeah so it's it's great that you you made the decision to be a doctor it's, it's it must be a big uh, important decision for you and for your family because usually as you are aware the, the pressure comes from the uh, family right uh, so in uh, Turkish um, you know traditional families uh, parents usually want them uh, want their children uh, to be doctors um, so it's good that you you made your own decision um, to uh, just uh, in terms of altruism just uh, for the sake of uh, helping people that's that's really great. So I I remember my first moments of medical school and even before that many people I guess can relate to these points. We did look around with this huge ambitious sense of changing the world, helping people. We were there with high expectations touching the disease hearts with a healing power in a sense of belonging to a successful team. Um so I know that you worked on a project which was trying to make the health of farm workers better. Uh the idea of this speaks deeply of your expectations and ambitions. But by the time we all see that there is a mismatch between our expectations and the reality of being a doctor in in that healthcare system, did you feel this mismatch during your medical school education?
1: Hmm. Well, in terms of mismatch, um, mm-hmm. for for instance, you mentioned about the project I worked. Can you um,
0: can you give us a bit, uh, detail about your project? Yeah, sure. So
1: I had a friend who was studying in another medical school at that time, and we were both in, inspired by UNICEF, MSF, mm-hmm. um, Doctors Without Borders, and we wanted to pursue something like that. Uh, but we didn't know how to uh, do, you know, com- some make some connections with them. And mm-hmm. at that time, Syrian refugees were coming to Turkey mm-hmm. and everything happened so suddenly. So we were wishing to do something because government even wasn't very well prepared. And those people were out there, need more help. Um, so we were thinking, what can we do? So... We combined, we created a project which had pieces from UNICEF and MSF both, Mm -hmm. like, uh, so it's in most children as well, so starting from hygiene and giving them primary health care. But I think from my point of view, the most important thing was to make them feel that there's someone else out there for them, because we wanted to do this project, but uh, viability-wise, it, we could only do it for once at that time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we applied for the budgets from both, like, both of us applied to our universities, and there was no budget, so we but we were both declined by them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we said, like, what can we do? And then there was this contest for the social responsibility project, mm-hmm. and we just applied for it, and we, we didn't even expect much, but in the end, we have become the first place and in in terms of general and in in medicine as well impressive so they so they gave us the huge budget and uh, and we were able to do it so we worked with uh, syrian refugees who were able to speak either turkish or english so they were in in the camps but they were in the uh, agriculture field they were you know adapting the social life working making money building their own life from the start and also Turkish or Kurdish uh, agriculture workers mm-hmm. um, who are working a lot but not properly accessing the healthcare. care. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did our project and two years after, the sponsors from the first the first time, they reached us back and they told us, we did the contest again, but this year we couldn't find any project that we truly believed in, so can you do it again? And we did it again for the second time. Mm-hmm. Again, the, I think the The core was to make them feel that you're not alone, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than just applying medication or teaching them some, you know, primary health care, preventative medicine. Um, Yeah, the base was um, the core was to make them feel that they're actually worthy. they already gone through a lot of trauma while they were running from the war, Mm -hmm. And in terms of mismatching uh, of the expectations, now I'm, I was a medical student back then, so didn't have true responsibility. I was just still trainee mm-hmm. uh the main responsible person has i have always been under supervision now I'm taking the main responsibility when I treat a patient, so I have always thought like when when they hear that you're a doctor, oh congratulations, like everyone is so amazed like you're a doctor, but I didn't really get it until until I start working in the hospital, truly, Um, Mm -hmm. because then I realized, actually, um, they really need your help, and the society expects you to do this. So you kind of start feeling that. So what I tried to say is, before that, I was more focused on just, you know, doing MSF sort of uh projects, mm-hmm. um, reach those people, under underprivileged people. Now I also see that actually even the normal community needs your help a lot, a lot, a lot. And therefore they are very amazed by your profession and they respect you even though without knowing you when they just found out about your being a doctor. Um in terms of mismatch expectations, now I feel like of course I still I still have the I still have the desire to do go for global surgery. Um but I also feel like yeah, I'm still doing very good, you know. Mm-hmm. And I help people because sick people, you know, they, they really need your compassion first of all. They really need it. From the from their heart they have that need. So every time when you are in contact with a patient, mm-hmm. you are actually touching their lives and this is what makes you go for it every day, even though you are shattered, you are tired, or you are, dismount, you are not motivated. But in the end, when you see them smile, mm-hmm. um, it's worth And yeah, this was a difference in your head, like in the real life. So.
0: That's that's so important. Yeah. Uh, would you please tell us how did you decide to pursue your career um, abroad?
1: So I, I have always think for more, you know, I wanted to see my limits, I wanted to expand, I wanted to see, mm-hmm. see different approaches, new perspectives, other people's, like, lives or approach and everything. So, throughout my medical school, I was, a, I was part of European Medical Students Association. So, mm-hmm. I've been in many different European countries, worked with them, collaborated with each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've been in state States at Johns Hopkins uh, Hospital. Mm-hmm. I've been in Berlin, so very good medical places. And in the end, uh, UK was the first country I've been in abroad when I was 13. So I think I had this emotional bond mm-hmm. with the UK.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I was in States, medical-wise, I was really happy. And they also offered me a place in there. Um, but it was too far from home. So UK gives me that option as well. So I can go back home as many times as I want, and it's easy, very easier. And uh, so last year after medical school, I got accepted from Cambridge for mm-hmm. research in orthopedics, the, the place I wanted to be. I want to become an orthopedic surgeon. So I said, okay, this is great. So I can see NHS, you know, by myself, mm-hmm. with my own experience. Mm-hmm. And it went great last year, both research and some more exams and now I am fully registered with GMC and now I'm working in London.
0: That's that's great. Congratulations. So we all know that physicians from the non European Union countries have to go through a different process to get the registration. So you had the license to practice through PLEP route, is that correct?
1: Yes that's that's right. I had to take PLEP exams mm-hmm. and occupational English tests for language.
0: Alright. So, when did you when did you start um, preparing for those uh, examinations?
1: So that's the thing. I I believe in serenity a lot. And uh, initially, I just came uh, only for two months to Cambridge, mm-hmm. and they said uh, we really like you. Would you like to stay? Would you like to extend your contract? Mm-hmm. I said okay, this is a good opportunity, and I can stay. And then they said you need to take the exams though. Because so w-
0: what was your things. title um, in um, Cambridge? I was just just an honorary observer
1: doing research in there uh, not treating any patients Mm -hmm. just helping the team in Mm -hmm. terms of uh, patient care Mm -hmm. and I was doing my research within the team Mm -hmm. and they said okay you need to take the exam and so I took the language exam before I went to Cambridge, and I, I found out that I passed uh, when I was in Cambridge. Okay. And I just had one and a half months for TARF1, which, mm-hmm. um, which is a rough exam. And mm-hmm. it's relatively, I had a very short time, and I was still working in Cambridge. I think the most difficult thing for me was that I was completely out of my comfort zone, So, if I was doing it in Turkey, it would be way easier because I had my own friends, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Like, it's it's their motherland. So, basically, I think that was the most challenging part, and you don't even make money. So, in terms of, you know, finance, Mm -hmm. your motivations, your comfort zone, Mm -hmm. that was, I think this is the biggest challenge that... um, foreign doctors facing with this a complete new culture. You need to be very safe, whatever you are doing within the system. Like, even if you are doing research, you have to be very cautious about patients' privacy and, the, and about the data and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, adaptation is not easy. Um, so I think the most challenging thing for, the, for a foreign doctor is language barrier itself is hard new culture mm-hmm. you, you don't have enough support so these are the i think challenges that we face a lot
0: uh, so um th- how, how did you manage to overcome those hurdles uh, difficulties uh, well, let's say while doing your research uh, you I, I believe you got in touch with patients um so I, I i know i have been doing research in different countries as you said as you mentioned Sometimes it's just hard to uh, to be on the same p- uh, page. How did you overcome your uh, your difficulties?
1: Well, I think it's just not that you are doing research and you are abroad mm-hmm. in a new country and you are taking some exams mm-hmm. in any time in any level you know you can face the challenges in, in your life. which is completely normal for me like I think the question is how how bad you really want it. Mm -hmm. um, Mm. I don't understand why people are so afraid of failure. Um, Mm. So, for instance, at that time, uh, all the previous fellows have failed the exams more than two times. So they had to go back to their own countries or they had to go to another country because they couldn't stay, because they couldn't pass the exam. Mm-hmm. And they failed. And I was the first one um, who actually was doing research there because the, because Cambridge pace is really high. Mm-hmm. You need to, you know, you need to do a lot. And um, they were like, they... They were supportive, of course, but they were like, "It's okay if you fail." And I was like, "I know it's okay if you know, if I fail because it's not the." But the thing is, you can't with very. I think very few sexes have uh, won under ideal circumstances. So it's like you know, what what are you? What do you want? And what are you choosing? Like, do you choose to be a victim or nagging people or being a nagging people? You know, you can just try your best. Without being stressed out, because you're only putting all the effort you can. So, so what's wrong with even if, if you fail? Mm-hmm. This is a journey, you know. So in the end, you're not in. You're not going to be in the same place, even if you have to take an exam for the second time. Even now, for instance, I'm working in A&E and. Junior doctors wrote in A&E is crazy in in UK. Mm -hmm. And I'm now studying for the surgical exams, which the pass rate is 34. Mm -hmm. And just today I sent my documents to Royal College of Surgeons and my consultant signed one of the papers and people were like shocked, like, oh, how are you, how can you even considering, you know, studying while you are working in A&E? But I can't, like, in the end, that is my dream that I want to follow and I owe it to myself. I owe it to my dreams and I owe it to myself. Mm-hmm. If I want to do a global surgery in the future, I need to become a surgeon first. And even if I fail at first attempt, who cares? I'll take the second one, and in the end, I will make it. I'm, you know, I'm ba- I'm creating my foundation at the moment mm-hmm. in terms of knowledge, and I see patients every day. Clinical foundation-wise, I'm also improving. So, I'm just, you know. Trying my best. I think it's, it's the mindset what matters really in, the, in 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 any challenge. It doesn't have to be an exam. It can be anything in this life. The the I think the perspective, the mindset, makes the real difference.
0: That's that's so true. That's amazing, right? So we we don't need to um, have that fear of failure. So we just need to do what is needed to accomplish that thing in in this life. Um, I couldn't agree more. So during the medical school, you have participated in many extracurricular activities. It must have been extremely difficult to spare time for those. Uh, What was your motivation? Um, So would you recommend medical school students... uh, Type of uh, activities um, such as observerships, clinical attachments, uh, or participating Erasmus um, abroad.
1: Um, yeah, I do. I mean, I um, I recommend them to follow whatever they want in throughout the medical school. What I wouldn't want for them to just you know being a medical stu- student just studying and because time really flies and six years or five years medical school will, will end in the end. And when they when they graduate, they will realize that, oh, my God, like how fast has it been gone, you know? Mm-hmm. So whatever their passion is, like, for instance, I just didn't do clinical attachment or work within um, scientific projects or, like, social projects. Mm-hmm. I also danced. I also cooked. I also, you know, did my sports. So whatever makes because, um, for instance, I was dancing. Actually, uh, done tutoring in tango for Mm -hmm. a while during medical school, Mm -hmm. and I didn't. I haven't. I can't remember any moment that oh, I'm so tired or whatever. On the contrary, it was making me more energetic because you need to get get it out as well. Mm -hmm. So relaxing and you know bringing a new product or doing a new project they're all supplying, like, you know, feeding each other. So with whatever makes them relax, they should definitely do it. If it's, a you know, if it's just traveling, learning new language, gaining, making a new habit or hobby, so just do whatever they want. And I think the best part of um, doing a clinical attachment or joining a research project is you engage with people and you... Always learn something new from them in terms of perspective, life lessons. Doesn't even have to be scientific. Mm-hmm. You get to know new person and mm-hmm. they teach you a lot. So I would definitely tell them to go for it.
0: And I believe when you meet uh, people from different backgrounds, from different culture, it definitely opens your mind to different exactly. possibilities. So I think it's it's quite important uh, to make that connections with other people because we live in such a small world right now with the technology, uh, with the the internet. So I think we get to know what other people have been doing.
1: Well, I mean the world is quite large, especially <laughs> with the internet and the every other social media. But that's just virtual. So. really need to put themselves out there and engage truly with the Mm. people Mm -hmm. so yeah I couldn't agree more so they should they should definitely chase um meeting new opportunities and Mm -hmm. dream bigger so that's really important
0: yeah so are there any resources that have really helped you on your journey until now could you repeat that again? I'm sorry. Uh, are there any resources that have really helped you on your journey? Uh, be like social media groups, friends from different countries, or books that you have read. Uh, well, I think um, what um,
1: you know what motivated me a lot. Mm-hmm. I can. I certainly can describe myself as an observer. So mm-hmm. even if I'm not involved with an event, I can see how it. I I love people are my passion. That's why I think I'm in the right place by choosing medicine. Mm-hmm. And like I think human beings are just really amazing and how actually strong we are, but actually they are not even aware of it when you look at them. But actually how they um, how they deal with the problems. Of, and even if they are not believing themselves in the end, they go through the process and they get tough up. So I have always observed whatever happens around me. I think my biggest motivation or, you know, this inner, inner power was coming from seeing what other people are doing. And I love, um, following YouTube channels mm-hmm. or, like motivation and channels Mm -hmm. whenever I feel down because that's completely normal. There will be times that you feel down. Um, it's like, it's as natural as laughing and crying, you know, it's a human nature. Mm -hmm. So I try to like, I listen to podcasts or follow YouTube videos Mm -hmm. and people wise. I think there are many great person that I, um,
0: But my favorite would be Oprah, I think. Okay. (laughs) She's my favorite as well. Yeah. Yeah, she's really great. Uh, She's inspirational. Um, So, yeah. yeah. Um, So, you have been working at the NHS for quite. Well, so how does it feel working as an immigrant physician in the NHS? Um, So I know that the job itself has its own stresses um, and working in a different environment than you used to can put uh, yourself uh, under so much pressure. So uh, how does it feel for you? What kind of personal or professional skills would help uh, people like you throughout this journey?
1: Well, um, as as a foreigner, I Mm -hmm. think uh, the system itself is very different in terms of everything—not just few things—in terms of everything. In A and E, you have this time pressure; you need to refer or like make a decision based on like the two hours, which is very you know, limited, and at four hours, they need to be either discharged or admitted, like whatever the plan is, must be concluded. Mm -hmm. That creates a huge pressure on everyone, nurses, technicians, radiographers, doctors, everyone is under pressure, Mm -hmm. and especially during the winter times, patients are literally pouring, and ambulances are bringing loads of patients, so you have a huge screen, and sometimes you see patients at two hours, which is, which is already halfway there. Mm-hmm. So those sorts of challenges uh, are making people more stressed, and then you need to you need to have a uh, good communication skills to deal with. Because as a doctor, your job, like your role, is more in a leader position. Mm-hmm. So you need to co- you need you are the person who is expected to deal with stress the most. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you need to be you need to become a leader when you are you are taking care of a patient, so it requires a nurse needs a technician and a doctor so you basically as the nature of your job, you are the leader of that team and you need to be able to cope with the stress for your team members as well and i think but I don't think that this is only for the u k because it doesn't matter what which country are you working in. Um, there are always some other challenges Mm -hmm. so at first it was really hard to get used to the system Um, but after uh, after the first month it gets better and the second month, after the second month it gets even easier Mm -hmm. so now I don't even feel like um there are there is a big gap between me and a, a British medical student you know mm-hmm. or doctor mm-hmm. um Of course, there are things that they know the less like there's some details of the system, but everyone helps each other, so it can be overcome mm-hmm. i think the patient point of view, they engage with a foreign doctor. And they get curious about, like, what my nationality is. And they always make funny guesses, and you make fun of it with the patient. (laughs) So most of the time, it turns out very well. Uh, In the end of the day, you are caring for them, and when they heal it, that's what matters the most. So.
0: That's, yeah. that's really great. So um, I like to come away from a podcast with a list of new books to read or podcasts to listen to. I wonder if you could share with us what have you read or listened to recently that inspired you?
1: Uh, that's that's I need I need to think about it mm-hmm. because recently I'm so focused on my studying, okay. all of them are related to Royal College of surgeons. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want your audience to go through that thing, but uh just wanted to add one more thing okay. uh, uh when we were talking about those inspirational people and then you face with a challenge and mm-hmm. then you overcome one challenge and then the next one and the next one mm-hmm. actually. You so I think um as I see it and I see it among doctors a lot, so we actually do a lot, we achieve a lot, but mm-hmm. we don 't really appreciate ourselves mm-hmm. so if i let's say if I succeed something it would it 's easy for others to, oh, well done, congratulations, but when you do achieve something, you don't really appreciate yourself, that makes sense, I mean. I, I, and what I'm trying to say is, let's say you pass steps, right? Mm-hmm. And I see my colleagues are getting really stressed about, let's say, MRCP exam. Mm-hmm. But calm down. You already achieved a lot. Appreciate yourself. Mm-hmm. Go in yourself and take a deep breath. You are capable of doing it instead of stressing out or, you know, being scared of the next exam. Just, just. I think because, especially for any doctors, you have to be very quick. And, you know, we are so used to live our lives in a higher pace than we are probably non medical people. Uh, we don't know how to, you know, sometimes go slow, take a deep breath, mm-hmm. chill out, and then, you know, appreciate yourself. See how much actually you have done. Every day you are touching someone else's life and making them better. Even that is I think you know miraculous, and just be aware of actually how lucky we are that you know we are putting a lot of effort of course, for it, but what we are doing is really satisfying as well, so I would just I just wanted to say uh, whoever listening to this interview just whenever you face with a challenge, mm-hmm. just calm down, remember the things that you have achieved, you're gonna be fine just just take your time when you are calm down you make your plan and then go for it that's actually that's easy and if it's not happening either there is something better out there for you or you just need to push a little bit further
2: mm-hmm.
1: and next time you maybe have more opportunities better opportunities so i don't i find stress very unnecessary in this life
0: <laughs> so i i believe uh, i Usually tell myself there is a saying, this shall pass too. So if, yeah. you, if you come across that difficulty, so you just don't focus on solving that problem. Just come down and say that this shall pass too. So I I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Um, I know that, uh, to be honest, I learned a tremendous amount, and I think it's incredible what you are doing uh, with your work at the NHS. Um, Please keep going on what you are doing and continue to share your your beautiful heart, wisdom with, with us.
1: Thank you so much for your kind words. Happy to be part of your show, you know, your podcast series. I'm so honored. Thank
0: you so much. It's, it's my pleasure. Take care. Bye. Take
1: care.
0: As ever, please click subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to be iTunes or Stitcher and share this podcast with people whom you think uh, might derive value from it. Be friends, colleagues, medical students and residents. Uh, Please, if there is any questions, concerns or comments, contact me directly via email. I would love to hear from you. Don't forget to join us for another episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, take care, folks.